are like stupid ramblings are caught on tape forever. That's because I start without even asking you, like, are you ready? I'm like, I'm just gonna hit record. (laughs) I don't care. Look at this guy. I love the way it's shaped. I also got Angel Light because it's been speaking to me too. But Mm. this one just kind of reminds me of an eraser. I was literally gonna say that. I'm like, it kind of Erase your yes. sins. I gotta erase my sins. I gotta make the angels proud. What's that one? It looks like an egg. This is Bumblebee Jasper. I love it. I know. I love any crystal that has, like, really weird marks on it all over the place. I really like Bloodstone, even though it's not for Geminis, but, you know, you take all that with a grain of salt. Screw the rules. Yeah, if something's calling to you, then it's meant to be yours. So, oh, I know how we could start this. <laughs> now, one minute in. It's my birthday! It's your birthday, so you know. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> yes, everyone, it's Sylvia's birthday. She is now 26. I'm sorry, did you want me to say your age? I mean, I, I'm i not one of those people. I okay. don't care. Right. I'm 26. I'm off my parents' health care. Please pray for me. Happy birthday! Yay! Yay! <laughs> so... What are you going to do on your birthday with a birthday gift at your birthday party with a birthday gift? First, I'm meeting up with this nerd. Which one? This one. Where? She's wearing... She's wearing a beanie I made her. Like a dork. Okay. You're not narrowing the list down. I still don't know who this is. (laughs) And then later, we're going to go learn about Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. So we're going to play D&D for the first time later tonight. Um... We will report back on how that goes. Yeah. I'm excited. I haven't done any of the character creations. Yeah, so far you for- still don't have a character. I have I like don't. three. I, yeah. <laughs> I just like, I've been so busy this week and so like zonked out that I'm just like, oh, you know, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I had time to do it yesterday night, but then things happened. So then I couldn't do it. Why don't you be the vampire? Maybe. We'll see. Maybe. Yeah. Hi guys! Hello! And welcome to... Gob Topic! You didn't do it with me. No, because... <laughs> I thought we were going to do something else, but okay. I feel so betrayed. I thought it was going to be like, and welcome to... Gob Topic! But you, d- you just you just skipped the two and you just went straight to Gob Topic, so All okay. Right, you know. <laughs> it's getting really hard to work with you right now. Wow. I think... That we should really evaluate our professional relationship. Are you uninviting me to the party? Yes, you're uninvited to your own birthday party. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, I'm very into my birthday, but this year, it's been kind of not a good year. Mm-hmm. I mean, 2019 has been not a good year. Yeah. Well, here's looking for 2020. It's. I, I said this before in the other episode. It's going to be a good year. I yeah. can feel it. Yeah, I'm getting some cool energy from it, so mm-hmm. hopefully something good happens, maybe. Eventually. Eventually. Do you want to tell our folks what we're actually talking about today? Because unfortunately it's not talking about my birthday. It's not a Sylvia's birthday episode. It's not going to be about Dungeons and Dragons. We're talking about the man, the myth, the legend. Not Mothman. Not Mothman. One of our favorite mans. But our other mans, kind of. <laughs> Good old Timothy Burntown, according to the notes that you made here. No, but we're talking about Tim Burton today. Whoop, whoop. The patron saint of all goth children. 
Tim Burton, also known actually as Timothy Walter Burton. Can you imagine? Like, I would, I would make myself the weirdest weirdo ever if my middle name was something like Walter. I mean, he took your advice. Yeah, it's like that's the only way you escape the shame of having a middle name like Walter. I mean, he's had a pretty interesting life. Yeah, so. yeah, we'll talk about it from humble beginnings. So, guys, Tim Burton's a Virgo. To no one's surprise, take ever. that, take that information. And yes. Do with it what you will. Yes. <laughs> Shoot, we should have got his rising and moon signs. Now we can't know. All. I was actually thinking of doing that, but in the very first like scanning sentences of Wikipedia, it didn't tell me where he was born, so I didn't Shoot. care enough to oh, look yeah. too much I mean, into it. Yeah. Usually, you need to know like where you're where. You're the person was born, mm-hmm. what time. It wasn't, like, in the first sentence, so I didn't care enough to keep looking. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over here. I made a birth chart for Cosmo. You did? <laughs> I just didn't have the exact yeah. time he was born. Yeah. So, we couldn't find out his rising sign just because we didn't have the time when he was born, but we know where he was born and, obviously, the date. So, let me just scroll back <laughs> in the chat to see what Cosmo's chart is looking like. So, his sun is in Capricorn, his moon is in Sagittarius. So, we don't know what his rising is, but uh, there's a lot of Capricorn on his list, and I see Sagittarius a few times. And Aries. Interesting. Makes a lot of sense. Yes. <laughs> I just, I love that, like, Capricorn's supposed to be, like, like following of rules. I remember I said something... <laughs> Because of the Sagittarius in him was like, obeys the law. And I'm just here laughing. Yeah. Although, he's actually not in his crate right now. Yeah. And he's behaving very well. Let's see how long that lasts. Let's see. <clears throat> so, yes. He's a Virgo. He's a Virgo. He was born August 25th, 1958. And he began his career in 1971. So he would have been about... But in his teens, I can't do math. <laughs> okay, no. We no. can figure this out. I want, I want to do, like, actual math, because yeah. it's not super clean. So he would have been 13. Yeah, he's 13. He's 13. Because <laughs> I did it backwards, but he's still 13. Yes. And 13 pretty much marked, as you said, the beginning of his career, because that's when he made his first, like, stop-motion films mm-hmm. in his backyard. Oh, duh, it says right here, 13. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll cut around. We'll, we'll fix it in post. His oldest known film was The Island of Dr. Ag- Agor? A- Agor? Agor? I think it's Agor. It's spelled like Igor, except with an A instead mm-hmm. of an I at the beginning. And also, a super important information about his childhood, um, his dad owned a cat-themed gift shop. So, we were talking about this earlier before, and I was like, this, this needs to specify. They didn't on Wikipedia, but I want to know. Was this a place that sold cat-themed things? Like, I don't know, like books mugs. about cats, mugs with cats on them? Or is it a shop that sells gifts to cats? Why not both? Yes, I like that. Okay. He did we, both. We, it's we, fact. We will investigate further. Honestly, I just want to make a whole episode about him now. His cat-themed gift shop. <laughs> you gotta do a lot of extra research. Just yeah. like Tim Burton's dad. Yeah, it's like, forget Tim Burton. Tim Burton's dad, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Do you want to list his hobbies? So, he had some interesting hobbies. So, <laughs> one, going back to last week's episode when we were talking about wholesome activities, very non-goth, he actually played a sport. So, he that's one point for him on that list. Yeah, he's safe. Yeah, so he played water polo, actually, mm-hmm. which is interesting. He was also into painting and drawing, and surprisingly, watching movies. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> Who would have known that he was to become a filmmaker? And according all most of this information I got from Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. So the biggest influences for his work were Dr. Seuss and Roald Dahl. Yeah, so Roald Dahl wrote uh, James and the Giant Peach. I think he has a book called The Witches. I know there was a movie based on that. I don't remember. He did Matilda. So basically any 90s kid... <laughs> Knows who Roald Dahl is. And Dr. Seuss, I feel like, doesn't really need an introduction. Everyone read Green Eggs and Ham and Cat in the Hat. One fish, two fish, red, red fish, fish, blue fish. fish. That was my favorite one. Um, I think my favorite was Cat in the Hat. I did really love One Fish, Two Fish, though. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Stomach. Very cool. <laughs> After high school, he attended the very notorious California Arts Institute also known as CalArts. Yeah, and you know, his work is clearly in the CalArts tradition. I mean, just look at it. It looks just like Steven Universe. <laughs> exactly. You Tell me the difference. Which one's which? It's like, why is... I remember reading this, like, Tumblr post where people were saying, basically, some animation companies won't even look at you if you mm-hmm. didn't go to CalArts. I'm sure. You know, the animation industry is a pretty tricky one to get your foot in. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're a woman. Shh, that's for another episode. Yes. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Women in animation episode coming never. While in Cal Arts, not only did he hone his Steven Universe art style, <laughs> he studied character animation and made some student short films such as Stock of the Celery Monster and King and Octopus. Are you surprised? I'm not. <laughs> Who would be? Yeah. I'm trying to remember, because I did go to the Tim Burton exhibit they had at the uh, Museum of Modern Art in uh, New York. They had one a few years back when we were in high school, actually. And I was trying so hard to get you out there with me, but your parents were just like, nope. We'll talk about it more later. But I was trying to remember, I don't think they had those films there, so I can't really comment on celery and octopus apparently it was good enough because it caught the attention of disney and got him an apprenticeship there apprenticeship with disney who doesn't want to work with disney most of their employees from what i understand (laughs) (laughs) during his time at disney he worked as an animator a storyboard artist a graphic designer an art director and a concept artist on films that you may have heard of like the fox and the hound Tron and the Black Cauldron. So basically all the Disney movies that people have forgotten. Yeah, the only one I know of is The Fox and the Hound. Like, I know of Tron, but I've never seen Tron. Yeah, I only saw snippets of it. Funny enough, the concept art that he made for those films never even made it in. Yeah, I think we mentioned this on the previous podcast, but they were considered too dark for children, even though The Fox and the Hound is like the saddest movie ever. So this didn't start with just like his concept art. So Tim Burton created a live short for his film Frankenweenie in 1984, not to be confused with the 2012 version of Frankenweenie, Frank which was animated, but it's the same story. Yeah, it's basically a remake. Yeah. 
But basically, Disney fired him because they were like, you're wasting our company's resources on films that are too dark and scary for children. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, in 2012, Frankenweenie was the animated movie that was created by Tim and, surprise, Disney. (laughs) I think they realized a little later down the line that they lost an incredible talent. Real eyes. Real eyes. But yeah, like, if you go down the list, some very amazing artists end up leaving Disney because, you know, they don't gel. So Mm -hmm. Tim Burton's one of them. Um, Wow, I don't remember his name. Don Bluth is another one. He did uh, Anastasia, American Tale. Uh, What's the other one? Secret of Nim. So it's like Disney just does not know the value of their own employees. Did you hear about the secret Disney porn vault? No. I heard about the Mickey and Minnie Mouse sex tape. No. (laughs) Similarly. So basically, all these things are like quote unquote rumors. Mm Mm-hmm. But people who have worked for Disney, like, come out and claim whether this is true or not. But So, people said that when you work for Disney, whatever you create is now theirs. Uh-huh. Like, there's no such thing as your own works. It's all theirs. I wouldn't be surprised. Which is why they probably fired Tim. Because they're like, you're making scary movies. We don't want these under our title. But anyway. Yeah. So, one way of retaliating against this is that artists started drawing, like, the work they were working on, like, Disney movies, mm-hmm. pornographically. <laughs> and <laughs> it's basically official Disney artwork. So there's an entire vault of, like, super mature graphic <laughs> official <laughs> Disney pornography. Well, I have to know. Mm-hmm. I have to call Mickey on mm-hmm. the line and be like, one, why is my insurance so terrible? And two... <laughs> And, like, apparently the person who came out and was, like, writing about this, they have, like, copies that they made and they, like, snuck out before they were, like, let go from Disney. Uh Uh-huh. But they didn't want to, like, post it. Oh, come on! I want to know! You know how that mouse is. He's gonna get you. Yeah, he definitely is. I- if you told me that Disney has a secret police force, I'm not surprised by that. They have a jail. I believe that. Yeah, they do. They have Disney jail. And what's that girl? That one girl who was who plays in the Hunger Games, uh, the main character. Uh, oh, uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, that girl. Uh, she got put in Disney jail for cutting lines. Rightfully so. Put her in actual jail. <laughs> Unrelated. Unrelated. But anyway, it seems like everything that bad happened to him led to something even better because when yeah. he was fired from Disney, that just caught. Another person's attention, and they're like, I want you to make my Pee Wee Herman movie. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, let's start going through some of his filmography, because Lord knows he has a very mm-hmm. extensive uh, repertoire. Can I just say, I didn't even know he made the Pee Wee Herman movie, and that was, yeah. like, one of my favorite movies. I love that movie so much. I still quote it all the time. And you know what's even worse? What? My favorite parts were the quote-unquote scary parts. <laughs> Like when he's getting the ride from Large Marge. (laughs) Oh, God. 
Yeah, I I really like this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you're not a Pee Wee Herman fan, I feel like it's pretty funny and worth the watch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you can tell where Tim Burton's influence is because, like you said, the large Marge part, all of a sudden in this wacky adventure, there's just a random scary moment where there's a jump scare and, like, her face turns into, like, a stop-motion nightmare. <laughs> And then when he gets to the bar and he's like, oh, Large Marge dropped me off. And everyone's like, she's been dead for years. (laughs) Spoilers. Yeah. And then very next on the list of like big hit films. I think these are in chronological order. They're mostly in chronological order. So I know Beetlejuice comes out late 80s. So Beetlejuice. Yeah. One more time. Do I want to say it? I don't know if I want to say it one more time. Alright, so... Beetlejuice. <laughs> Alright, Pod's over. He's about to burst through the door. Not the door. I meant, I meant to say the floor. That would be so anticlimactic. <laughs> he just very politely opens the door. He just knocks. Oh, hey guys, it, I'm here. It might be showtime. I think it's showtime. <laughs> so, yes, Beetlejuice. I feel like this is, like, one of these staples of mm-hmm. Gotham. Where it's like, you've seen Beetlejuice, you own at least one item of whatever that has I, myself, and I'm strange and unusual on it. You, you've you seen the film. Tim Burton is such a staple of goth culture. Yeah. Because even if you don't like him or his films, you've probably seen at least one of them or own one of the DVDs. Yeah, it's like, even if you haven't seen them, you probably have some sort of merch that he was either was inspired by him or directly quotes one of his works. Mm-hmm. So, Beetlejuice, huge, iconic film. Oh, God, I loved that film when I was growing up. Oh, no, I watch it a bunch. Um, It's a really good comedy. Again, it's really interesting that he starts off more in comedy Mm -hmm. from what we see here. I think that's why I I gravitated toward his his movies so much Mm -hmm. when I was younger, because it was, like, kind of funny, but it was still a little spooky. Yeah, it's like horror comedy, dark Mm -hmm. comedy type things. Plus, I was really into ghosts growing up because yeah. I had a ghost in my house. So, mm-hmm. like, anything that had ghosts, ghosties in it, I was just like, yeah. I I don't know. I'm trying to think if I have anything else to say about Beetlejuice. I saw the musical. Oh, how was it? It was really good. I liked it on Broadway. I want to go see it. I got myself a tote that says my whole life is a dark room. Because <laughs> I, I like I that. do photography. I like that. I got the tote from Frozen. Oh, for my birthday, my girlfriend took me to go see Frozen on Broadway. Know, that was so exciting. How did oh, you not tell people? You know, the gothest of things. <laughs> you could have seen Beetlejuice, but you went to go see Frozen. I saw Frozen, and it was so good. And no matter how many times I've seen the movie, I still teared up when the parents died. Really? Yeah. But the part's such a meme. But it's so sad. Her what? parents died. It's not sad. They just literally, like, wrote them out of the story in five seconds. <laughs> they were there for, like, a whole minute before they died. I just never understand. Like, oh my- why do people promote, like, let's build a snowman, like, so much? I'm like, do you- do we keep forgetting that <laughs> their parents yeah. die at the end of that song? It's really weird listening to it, because, unfortunately, it plays at my job sometimes. So, it's weird listening to it, because it'll just play the song- 
as it is in the movie. So you just have this like weird dramatic swell no, where there's no singing. Please, or, I know you're in there. Yeah, like right before that part, you just hear like the instrumental that plays when the ship goes down, and it doesn't make any sense when you're just listening to it. Mm-hmm. You need to be watching the movie, and then it's like, oh, that's when the parents die. <laughs> It's like, why is this happy kid song all of a sudden really sad? I know, you go from like, let's build a snowman, to then be like... Please, I need your emotional support after like, what are we gonna tragic do? death. Yeah. <laughs> Existential dread. Anyway, it was a good Broadway production. I liked it. They added some songs. They weren't trolls in the movie. Well, they were trolls, but they were like different. I don't know how to explain. Anyway, <clears throat> Batman... Batman. So, this is after, well, Beetlejuice and Pee Wee were both successful, but this is like his first really big hit. Mm-hmm. So, I really think that we can attribute, like, the rise of superhero media and, like, outside of comic books or, like, movie and TV shows to this, because it was such a big deal when it came out. Was it, like, the... F- no, it definitely wasn't the first. Yeah. So, it's- you had the, like, the Batman series in the 60s they had a movie for that but it's very like in the style of that where it's like wacky adventures what about like the original superman and wonder woman i've never seen them um so yeah there were there there were those tv shows Mm -hmm. too but like this i don't want to say you're wrong i just like yeah was this i know it was a huge hit and still is a lot of people still point to his batman as like the best one yeah i think if it's not the first i say it's definitely set the example where it's like you mm. can make darker superhero movies and media. It's like it doesn't have to be all silly. Yeah. And okay. also, you know, you can like market it to a general audience. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I believe that it's still argued that he, Tim Burton had the best Joker and Cat... I wouldn't say Joker. Yeah. I'm not a huge superhero person. I wouldn't say he had the best Joker. Yeah. But definitely Catwoman. He had the best Catwoman. She is good, yeah. I haven't seen that one in a while, but we'll talk about it in just a moment. Um, do I have anything else with Batman? Batman just straight up murders people in this version. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. And, like, it's also kind of funny, though, because it's very obvious that this costume that they built for him, he can't really turn his head. So he just has to, like, move his whole body if he wants to look in a different direction. <laughs> which is kind of... It's kind of funny, because he's supposed to be this dark, menacing figure. He's like, oh, wait, let me just turn to me, too. Uh, oh, there we are. And right after that, we have another super iconic Tim Burton film, Edward Scissorhands. So, yes, now this is... Oh, wait. What? I just, before we start talking about... This film, this is like when we met. You were dressed up as Edward Scissorhands. Oh, yeah. And I was so, like, oh, my God, I love that movie. <laughs> so, yeah, we um, we knew each other kind of in passing because we were both in an anime club in <laughs> high school. But that was like the first time we really hung out was at the Halloween dance. Mm-hmm. I was Edward Scissorhands. Do you want to say who you were? I don't remember. I remember. Who was I? Flapjack. I was Flapjack. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That was my first cosplay ever. It was really good. You were so cute. And I was like, hey, wait, I know that person. Let me go talk to her rather than just standing around because I'm really (laughs) scared and I don't know anyone like that. I didn't know a lot of people there either. But Edward Scissorhands. Yes. I would argue that this is a Christmas movie. It is. If there's snow, it has something to deal with emotions, and it happens around Christmas, 
It's a Christmas movie. I think by that logic, a bunch of movies that really aren't Christmas movies are Christmas movies. Name one. I can't, now that you put me on the spot. <laughs> Get back to me then. Yeah. <laughs> I'll email you later about that. Okay. So yeah, Edward Scissorhands. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Yeah, what are you doing? It's really cute. It's the story of Edward. It was a really weird movie. Like, the concept is really out there. It's like Frankenstein. Yeah, it's like Frankenstein, but make it goth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or... It's like, I'm in the middle of making Frankenstein's monster, and he's it, everything's going really well. Mm-hmm. I haven't found hands yet, though, so I'm just going to give him scissors. Yeah. And then I die. Yeah. <laughs> Vincent Price, why? <laughs> but yeah, so this inventor, this mad doctor is making... Do you say why he was making Edward? Or? I'm pretty sure he did, but I don't remember. Oh, and the scene is like playing in my head, but yeah. the dialogue's on yeah. mute. Like, <laughs> I can see it too. But yes, he's uh, building a person, building a person, and for some reason he's given him scissor hands. He wants to make him actual hands, but he's giving him scissors. For the time being. Didn't he die just as he made him hands? Yeah, and then Edward tried to grab them, and then they, like, ripped apart. And then he gets found by an Avon lady. Avon calling! (laughs) And then he's (laughs) foisted into 1950s America, American suburbia. Oh, it's so good. It's so funny. (laughs) The, like, imagery in this movie is hilarious, because literally... Weird pastel houses, cookie cutter, one after the other, and then on the top of the hill is a Scothic castle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we see a lot of um, Tim Burton's, like, personal character in this mm-hmm. movie, because, like, he said that the area where, the suburban area is based on where he grew up, and I think that's kind of how he felt. He's the goth castle on the hill. Movie is great. Why did Renona Ryder's character have a waterbed? And why did the parents put him there when they had <laughs> yeah. a guest bed in the basement? No, it's fine. He's the scissor man. Just put him in the waterbed. Let's put the scissor man in the waterbed. Yes. So this movie actually inspired a porno. <laughs> I'm not surprised. It's all. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what trivia I know about it. So yeah, inspired a porno. It's called. Edward Penis Hands. Yes. This is a non-explicit podcast, Allison. Okay, you know what? I'm not, like, describing what happened. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is, yeah, this is uh, Tim Burton's outreach. He's mm-hmm. inspired porno films and nothing else. <laughs> Why did the townspeople want him dead again? Because the one lady who was awful... Like, clearly wanted to, like, sleep with him. Yeah. And he didn't want that. And she couldn't take no for an answer. Oh, yeah, it was her slutty fault. (laughs) Yes, yes, it was. All right. Yeah, she was the one who started it all. Yeah. All right. That's not cool. Uh, Hashtag justice for Edward. He's still out there in the castle. Mm Mm-hmm. No one talks about the fact that he's, like, immortal. Yeah, it's just like, he's still (laughs) alive. Mm-hmm. What's he doing now? Is he just still, like, chilling? He's still making hedges and making it snow. Okay. If you, you know, if you're good at something, do it. So, yeah. Uh, fun fact about Edward Scissorhands. That's the first time he collaborates with Johnny Depp. Um, not to spoil anything, but just keep that in mind as we go through this list. <laughs> Actually, for fun, I went through, like, his list. Uh-huh. 
and the movies that Johnny Depp worked in, mm-hmm. out of the 50 movies I have listed here, yes, eight. Really? Yeah. Wow. I'm surprised. And I even looked it up on, like, Johnny Depp's Wikipedia, and it's like, yeah, he's been in eight um, Tim Burton films. It feels like it feels. <laughs> I feel like it feels like more because it's all the really big ones, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, Edward Scissorhands, Sleepy Hollow, Corpse Bride, yeah. Sweeney Todd. Ed Wood. Oh, he's in Ed Wood, too? Yeah, he plays Ed Wood. Dark Shadows, Alice in Wonderland, Twice. <laughs> <laughs> so... That's why I feel like everybody thinks he's in every single movie. Yeah. Well, he also has Danny Elfman do every That's movie. True. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, he likes his production crews to stay pretty close. Well, we bring that up a little bit later. Yes. All right. Do you want to talk about Batman Returns? Yes. So okay. after Edward Scissorhands comes out, he has so much success with Batman that the studio trusts him with a sequel. So he comes out with Batman Returns, which is came out in the early 90s. It had Danny DeVito as the Penguin. Michelle Pfeiffer was in it as Catwoman. It's this huge star vehicle, but it doesn't do as well as the first Batman, and I think people pointed to how dark it was for that reason. And unfortunately, this is the last Batman movie he directs. Boo. But Michelle Pfeiffer in that movie is a queen. Mm-hmm. I love Catwoman's, like, origin in there where she just, like, falls out of a window and a bunch of cats start licking her. Because that's exactly what would bring me back to life if I died. Oh, yeah. If I die, just get a bunch of stray cats and, like, just get them to, like, huddle around me and I'll return more powerful than before. They'll give you one of their lives. There's your D&D character. Yes. <laughs> I think I think they had to cover her in tuna to get that shot. To get, like, all the cats to lick her, they had to cover her in tuna juice. Poor Michelle Pfeiffer, she really suffered during this movie, because, like, her suit was so airtight, she couldn't hear. Oh. Yeah, like, it covered her ears, and it was so airtight and, like, skin-hugging that she couldn't hear. So, like, people had to, like, write things down for her. Mm. I'm also pretty sure that that movie gave birth to a whole new generation a fish. What do you mean? Where? <laughs> We're talking too much about sex in this episode. No. <laughs> Tim Burton <laughs> and, and human sexuality. No. I mean, look at the picture of Tim Burton. You wouldn't... No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine then. And now, oh. drum roll please. Uh. We gotta talk about <laughs> the nightmare. <laughs> Stop it. I have to say it. <gasps> the Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> yes, so this movie. Fun fact right off the top, he did not direct this movie. Nope. Henry Selleck did that. He also didn't direct Coraline or James and the Giant Peach. That was also Henry Selleck. This is based off of a poem that Tim Burton wrote, which I have not found. Oh, I have poem. it. Oh, you do? Yeah, I have it. It's a book. Okay. And it was inspired when he was watching Halloween decorations being taken down and replaced with Christmas decorations. Mm-hmm. And, like, just, like, the mishmash in the stores where it was, like, Christmas and Halloween together. And he was like, I got an idea. All right. So, The Nightmare Before Christmas. For anyone who hasn't seen it. What's wrong with you? Oh, we're not going to call you out, but also, I'm calling you out. <laughs> I recommend it. 
after all these years. So, I think it still holds up I really so well. Too. So it's about a skelly man named Jack. Bone Daddy. <laughs> Bone Daddy. <laughs> not our words, Disney's words. No, yeah. Not sponsored but yes jack who is the pumpkin king of halloween town as you do um he gets kind of tired with his like mundane life and is looking for meaning in it and somehow finds it in christmas yes so there's this they don't explain this in the movie but there's just like area that he falls into where it's just a bunch of trees with doors on them relating to different holidays Mm -hmm. and he decides hey christmas sounds cool let's go see what that's about and unfortunately he doesn't find jesus christ but he does find santa um excuse me it's santa claus oh yes santa claus i'm sorry he finds santa claus and is like hey i want to steal your life what's this what's this That's my favorite song in the movie. I love all of them. I don't think there's a song I don't like on that uh, oh, soundtrack. Yeah. It's musical. I think this is the first film he made that's a musical. I think so. Yeah, because Beetlejuice wasn't a musical. No, not yet. Until not until the musical, the musical. <laughs> but um, yeah. So the nightmare I feel like is where every little baby golf starts. Yes, because that's what. Hot Topic jams down everyone's throat now. I literally saw an ad yesterday when I was doing these notes for, like, Uh a new line of Nightmare Before Christmas stuff. Okay. Like, if you weren't there when this movie was really big, I feel like it's it's cooled down. Mm -hmm. But if you weren't around when this movie was still, like, super popular, you can't even imagine what Hot Topic looked like back then. The thing is, we weren't born there, because this movie came out in the... 93. 93. So I was only one year old. But it was still big when I was, you know, watching these shows. Yeah. So it was still, like, you know, it resonated with me. Uh Uh-huh. But imagine, like, the people who were, like, pre-teens, teens, Mm -hmm. when this movie came out. Like, oh my god, I would kill to see this in theater. Yeah, no. I I feel like every once in a while they do bring it back, like, around Mm -hmm. the holiday time. But, yeah. I could. I think an argument can be made that this, between this and Invader Zim, that's why Hot Topic is so about pop culture now. Is because yeah. at that point, like most of the, most of the merchandise they were selling was either Nightmare Before Christmas themed or Invader Zim themed. I'm so glad that Nightmare Before Christmas has not been ruined for me like Invader Zim has, because mm-hmm. there's not too many like quotes and catchphrases you can say from it. As Invader Zim, like, mm-hmm. if I have to hear one more person about, talk about tacos, I'm gonna <laughs> lose my mind. Which is surprising, because I feel like Sally's entire character and all of her dialogue oh, yeah. should be used. Yeah. As, like, just, like, annoying catchphrases to put on, like, shirts instead of Bone Daddy. Right? Okay. Honestly, though, Sally... Best Disney princess. Oh, absolutely. And she is a princess because in Kingdom Hearts, she marries Jack Skeleton and they have babies. I don't know how that happens, but there's little Jack Skeletons. In in the original poem, they have that too, where they have kids at the end. And I'm just like, why did they cut that out of the movie? I want to see the half rag doll, half skeleton babies. It sounds like a perfect nightmare. Yeah. Ah. Ah. Ah, you're funny. I didn't do that on purpose, I swear. Ed Wood is such a weird movie in his filmography. Have you seen it? I don't believe I have. Okay. I think it's one of his best movies. 
And I feel like that's the consensus with a lot of film critics. But I feel like a lot of like people, like quote-unquote Tim Burton fans, don't really talk about it because it's not in his usual style. So Ed Wood is a biopic about Ed Wood, who was this terrible B-movie director in, like, the 50s. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever heard of Plan 9 from Outer Space, which is considered overwhelmingly to be one of the worst movies of all time. He made that movie. <laughs> and this film follows Ed. Um, so he... Part of the movie is him making Plan 9 and the rest is just, like, showing him finding, like, his group of weirdos that he makes movies with. Mm. Bella Lugosi's in it. <laughs> Love him. And it's all done in black and white to give it that, like, old monster movie feeling. I highly recommend it. I think... Now, looking back on it, that might be one of my favorite Tim Burton movies. Oh, wow. It's like, while all the others still have a special place in my heart, just from a filmmaking standpoint and a narrative-telling standpoint, Ed Wood is just... Can you tell I have a degree in film? (laughs) (laughs) I don't. So, yes, that is me gushing about Ed Wood. Next, we have another film near and dear to my heart. Okay. Mars Attacks. I'm so glad it's near and dear to your heart because I've never seen it. Oh, okay. See that now? Okay, yeah, no, good trade off. It, it balances out. <laughs> so Mars Attacks is about people, aliens from Mars. A bunch of Aquariuses. Yes. Okay. Attacking. <laughs> All right. It's kind of like oh, it's so funny because it's kind of like early CGI's. So. Yeah, I, I can. I've definitely seen clips of like what the aliens look like and how they move, and it's not. It's good. It's, it's not. It's like take perfect. take every movie you've seen where they've done just like a bad alien abduction yeah, thing. Yeah. That is the entire movie of Mars Attacks, but it's good. <laughs> It's so funny. Like, the only thing I really remember from Mars Attacks is that people were kind of divided on whether they liked it or not. I can't give my opinions because I haven't seen it, but... It's good. One of my favorite scenes is, like, where the aliens dress up as, like, the sexy lady. I forget why, but they do. And, like, she eats this guy's fish. Does she eat the fish? No, no. She bites off his finger, and I know throws it to the fish. I think she eats the fish, too. Alright, sounds like my kind of movie. Sounds like my kind of lady. And it's like, music destroys them by making their brains explode. Uh-huh. And they look like skeletons with brains, and yeah. they talk like... And they have, like, laser guns that, like, <laughs> kill everybody. Good. Can you please do the rest of the episode in that voice? <laughs> Then we have Sleepy Hollow. Which I've seen once. Have you seen it? I have seen once. I feel like this is a movie I've seen once and I've forgotten about it. Yeah, I was gonna say, I remember it being, like, perfectly okay. Mm-hmm. I just remember the the one scene where, like, Johnny Depp's character is dead and they're putting the coins over his eyes. Mm-hmm. But, like, Johnny Depp kind of blinked. <laughs> like, you can tell he wasn't dead. <laughs> That's all I remember. I remember Christopher Walken played the Headless Horseman. There we go. Because, of course, they give him, like, sharp teeth and terrible hair, and he just screams. Uh, he just screams. He doesn't have any dialogue. He's just like, ah! Ah! <laughs> So just imagine Christopher walking with, like, looking like he just rolled out of bed and just screaming. Ah! 
<laughs> Easiest paycheck ever. All right. Planet of the Apes. Have you seen it? I've seen a Planet of the Apes. I don't know if it was Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes. I know a lot of people really don't like it. Okay. I think it might be his most hated movie on this list, from what I remember, at least. So, yeah, that came out early 2000s. I was a baby. I didn't know what apes were, so I wasn't interested. I may have seen it then. That may have been the version I saw. And now we have... Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which I know a lot of people are not fans of. Okay, how do you feel about this movie? I don't mind it. Yeah, I think it's alright. I used to watch it a lot as a kid, because mm-hmm. like, this is the period where I was growing up. And I watched it more than the original movie. I like the original better. Yes. Also because the original just had like so much more charm to it and yeah. everything. But like I still like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I liked... Uh, Johnny Depp's version of it because he was really weird. Yeah, <laughs> I I liked it. Yeah, I I like it too. I I'm trying to separate nostalgia from it, which is just impossible. But you know, mm-hmm. I'll always have a soft spot for it because this was the version of the Chocolate Factory I grew up with. <laughs> yes, yeah, I don't have nostalgia attached to it. I mean, I have my love for Johnny Depp on it, but in that movie, he wasn't very attractive. Yeah, I was so gonna say. <laughs> 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 Bowl cut Johnny Depp. Acting mm. like a weirdo. <laughs> what, was the, what was the quote from it where it's like... No. <laughs> You're really weird. Oh, that one too. That, this is not the one that got quoted a lot. But um, everything in this room's edible. Even I'm edible. But that's called cannibalism, dear children. And it's frowned upon in most societies. <laughs> also, real quick, just gonna say... Oompa Loompas in this movie. A little problematic. Oh, yeah, Just no, no. Time. Like, the, the Oompa Loompas are always problematic, but here they also, they didn't help. No. We'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Burton's got some issues. Alright. Corpse Bride! So, even though people were kind of, like, lukewarm on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory when it came out, Corpse oh. Bride, everyone was just like... This is amazing. I'm surprised this didn't turn into the new Nightmare Before Christmas. Right? I'm so shocked that this... It didn't die, because I still see, like, fan art of it, Mm -hmm. and cosplays, and, like, stuff like that of it, but it wasn't as popular as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, same. Yes. It also made me cry a million tears. Oh, it's it's a sad movie. It's a really sad movie. It's another stop-motion one. It's for kids, somehow. It's about... A woman that gets horribly murdered, and a guy who doesn't want to get arranged marriaged, so he runs out, accidentally puts a ring on the corpse of the woman who got murdered's finger, and then they become married. Yeah, because he was, yeah. And then he's, like, trying to, like, escape it. But also, he didn't want to get arranged married, but, like, when yeah. he saw his bride, he was like, oh, wait, no, this yeah. can work. <laughs> like, after they started talking, they realized, oh, I actually like her. Like, this mm-hmm. could work out. He just was getting, like, super nervous yeah. and, like, cold feet, which yeah. can't really blame him. Yeah, and, like, the parents are like, oh, we need this marriage so we can become famous. And then the other parents are like, we need this so we can be not broke anymore. <laughs> yeah. Also, this was... Also a musical. I, I feel yes. like that's probably why it flopped a little bit, because it wasn't as musical as Nightmare. It did have some songs in it. It did, and I loved every single yeah. one, but... <laughs> die, die, we, we all pass, pass away. away. 
So yeah, it's that kind of movie where we teach children about death and you give everyone existential fear. <laughs> I remember, like, spoilers, I guess, but towards the end of the movie where the corpse bride just turns into butterflies and they all fly away. I cried so hard in the movies mm-hmm. when that happened. She's finally free because she doesn't need no man to marry her. Yes. Emily deserved better than what she got. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, we didn't talk about um, Tim Burton's ex-wife also being in every movie. Oh, yeah. Oops. We love you. Shout out. Alright. Her name is Helen. Oh, wait, are they divorced now? They're divorced. Okay. Because I know he had a girlfriend before her. Yeah. Who was also in a lot of his work up until they split. Literally, like... Our wife. I don't remember if they got married. I just saw on, like, the side of, like, Wikipedia, he left his wife, or that first girl, in, like, 2001, and he started dating Helen in 2001. Wow. Which is also problematic, because they were first working together. Before they, like, officially started dating. Hey, Timmy, can I talk to you for a second? At least they were, like, together for a really long time. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I didn't know they broke up. They broke up in, like, 2014. Okay. Well, I'm just late to the party then. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yes, next up we have Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street. Fun fact, I wasn't allowed to watch this movie when it came out. Really? Because, because it was rated R. Oh, that's fair. And my mom had to convince my dad and be like, no, it's rated R for blood. <laughs> she I, can watch it, it's fine. I love that double standard. I feel like it's a very American thing where it's like, oh no, like a naked person not doing anything sexual. Get that away from me. Blood? Sure, why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it was rated R for, obviously, blood and... Blood. <laughs> Just blood, really. A lot of blood. Yeah, so, the uh, if you can't glean it from the title, this is a movie musical. It's based on a play. And it's about a barber who kills people. And he, he has a tragic backstory, and everyone's sad, mm-hmm. and there's lots of murder and blood. If you want to know the entire, like, story in one of the songs, because, <laughs> musical. Yeah. <laughs> um, poor thing. Poor thing is the oh, song yeah. where she, where Helen sings the backstory of uh, Sweeney Todd. Yeah. Where basically he was living his life, vibing, doing good. <laughs> vibing in Victorian London. <laughs> no place like London. And then this judge was like, mm, I want your wife. Leave. Yeah. So basically he gets sent to an island under false charges to work. And um, the wife. Is left to her yeah. own devices to fend for herself. Judge is a horrible person. Yeah. She ends up, like, losing her mind. Judge takes her baby to raise as her own, so that way when she's old enough, he could marry her. Yeah, it was, it's really gross. It, they cut this out of the movie, but in the musical, because I was lucky enough to see this off-Broadway. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm just jealous. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. Um, but, um... They ha- he has, like, a whole song where he, like, justifies in his head why he wants to marry his daughter. And it's like, oh, it's totally fine for me. Yeah, that's good. Like, he starts off feeling really guilty, and then all of a sudden it's like, eh, it's fine. No, I think that's in the movie. No, it isn't. That's the judge's song. I don't think it's the judge, but there is still, like, where he's talking to the guy, like, his, like, henchman, mm-hmm. about, like, 
Yeah, I should totally marry her. She'd be a great wife for me. Hi, Cosmo. Cosmo's nap is over, so he's, like, right here in my he's face activated. now. <laughs> you want to lay here? You can lay here if you feel right. good. Let's see if Cosmo can be good enough to join us on this episode. Yawn. Aww. What a good yawn. Come here. Up, up. Why are you always so impressed with his yawns? Are they not the cutest? They are really cute. I just I was wondering if there was like a specific reinforcement thing you were trying to do with it. Nope. They're just cute. Oh, good boy. I was gonna say, would it be possible to take off his collar just so we don't get the yeah. or Okay. Oh, I'm gonna see Cosmo naked. <laughs> yeah, his sweater's gone, and now his collar's gone. I, I, naked. I've never seen him without his collar before. No, this when he was a puppy. Oh, yeah, but like recently. Okay. I feel like he's not wearing clothes now. <laughs> he really isn't. All right, all you right. gonna be a good boy? Gonna be a good boy. Gonna get all your blonde fur on our black clothes. Yep, that'll be perfect for later. <laughs> so yes, I love Sweeney Todd so much. I watched it all the time in high mm -hmm. school. I remember I was supposed to be stu studying for finals, and instead of doing that, I just watched Sweeney Todd with my mom. Oh, yeah. The movie's soundtrack is, like, uh, something I would sing all the time. I remember working at Barnes & Noble's, uh -huh. and I was in the cafe. <laughs> this makes it funnier. I would, I sing when I get, like, anxious, and I would always choose to sing Sweeney Todd. These are my friends. See how they glisten. Me singing to, like, the milk pitchers. <laughs> I love it. So, oh. wait. What was in the Barnes & Noble sandwiches, Sylvia? Next we Sylvia. have... Alice in Wonderland. Which it feels another movie everyone hates, but I actually liked. I really like the aesthetics of this movie. I really wanted to love it, but I think it was just kind of okay in the end. I liked it because I'm a huge Alice in Wonderland fan. Mm-hmm. Which is ironic when I found a girlfriend and her name was Alice. Uh, and I spent so long in my friendship years with people being like, I love Alice in Wonderland. And I'm yeah. like, hey, here's my girlfriend. Her name is Alice. Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, if you read the books, Tim Burton's interpretation is kind of like the two Alice in Wonderland books combined, also plus like a third, mm -hmm. which is why I kind of liked it. But then he made... Alice in Wonderland into the looking glass. I'm like, I can't defend you no more, man. <laughs> I haven't seen that one, so... I haven't either. I'm just like, I can't... You ruined my yeah. argument. <laughs> I was not crazy about Johnny Depp as the Mad Hatter in it. He wasn't the Mad Hatter. He was just J Captain Jack Sparrow. Right? In a red wig. Yeah, this is at the point in Johnny Depp's career where he's just Captain Jack Sparrowing everything. Mm -hmm. Remember when he was on a police like show... Whatever 21 Drum Street was, where he played, like, an undercover yeah. guy. I didn't see that, but, yeah, but I know like, what you're talking about. And now he just plays weirdos, who are all variations of Captain Jack Sparrow. Is Johnny Depp an Aquarius? I feel like he's an Aquarius. Let's see. I don't know what Johnny Depp's star sign is, but we're about to find out. Who goes well with Virgos? No one. <laughs> Not even other Virgos. Johnny Depp. He's a Gemini. Same thing. He was, his birthday is the day after mine. Oh my god, wait. I knew that because Johnny Depp shares the birthday of my father. They're literally the same age, same birthday. That's so weird. Yeah. It's really weird. I'm sorry. <laughs> I remember I used to, you know, trying to be like quirky when I was younger. I'd be like, 
I have a crush on a man who's the exact same age as my father. And I'm older now. And I'm like, Sylvia, no. I remember that. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. So after Alice in Wonderland happens, I feel like this is kind of like the down period in his career. mm -hmm. Which is funny because like Sweeney Todd was so good. And now he's getting all these big picture deals. And then like Alice in Wonderland's okay. This next one, though. (laughs) (sighs) I was so excited for this movie. I was so excited for Dark Shadows. It puts together my three favorite things. Tim Burton, Johnny Depp, vampires. Yeah. So, Dark Shadows is a movie based on a old an old soap opera of the same name, which just sounds like the craziest thing in the world, where it's like this thousands of episodes long soap opera about these va- this vampire and he's living with his human family, well, descendants rather, and like there's like werewolves and ghosts and like all this nonsense but it's also a soap so it's just like people crying about it too we should we should find this soap opera and watch it i think we would really like it because i know it it still has a very big cult following to this day even though it came out in the 60s i believe Mm -hmm. um so you can find a lot of the episodes online they're in black and white if that turns you off from watching it i don't get it but okay so anyway tim burton's like hey i like this show let me introduce a whole generation of people to it With this movie. (laughs) And it wasn't good. No. It wasn't. The best part about it was the soundtrack. There's a lot of, like, cool 60s music in there. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't a good movie. It wasn't. You have Johnny Depp. Do I have it? He's playing Captain Jack Sparrow again, but as a vampire. (laughs) Johnny Depp, what happened? It's like, once he became Captain Jack Sparrow, it's like, that's it. This is me now. To be fair, he was nominated for an Oscar for that role, so... Oh, yeah, I'm not saying he was yeah. bad. Like... It's just, like, he found his niche, and he's like, okay, maybe if I keep doing this, I'll get an Oscar. Yeah. No. Has he won an Oscar? I like no, I feel... A... I don't know... I remember when everyone was still talking about, like, Leonardo DiCaprio, someone made, like, a list of other actors mm-hmm. and actresses who deserve Oscars who didn't get one, and he was on that list. He definitely should have won for something. Yeah, right. So, Dark Shadows... Disappoints a nation. <laughs> and then he makes Frank and Weenie, which everybody is like, this might be the redemption. I really like this Frank and Weenie. I haven't seen it. I know, yeah, I remember when it came out, we talked about it a little bit and you couldn't handle. I have a DVD. Fair. Really? It's, yeah, it's right there between Flapjack and Frozen. Okay. Because my That's DVDs fair. are alphabetized. That's fair. I saw it in theaters. Um... If you are very sensitive to the topic of pet death, don't see it. Oh yeah, that's when my cat died, wasn't it? Yeah, Mm. I think that's why you didn't see it. Because I remember saying I I wanted to see it, and you're like, yeah, I can't. Yeah, it was too soon. Um, yeah. So, I feel like, I did really like Frank and Weenie, but I feel like the topic kind of set it up for not being as big of a hit as it could have been. Because mm-hmm. um, you get a lot of very heavy themes. What it's basically about, and it's based off the old short we mentioned before, it's an animated version of his original movie, and it's about a boy whose dog passes away. Suddenly, I don't remember how. He was hit by a car. Okay, yes. Yeah, so, making it even worse, <clears throat> the dog is hit by a car, And the boy is so distraught that he 
Frankenstein's the dog back to life. I totally don't blame anyone who feels like they aren't prepared or feel comfortable watching this movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Then there was also Big Eyes. I didn't see it. I was Me really neither. excited for it, and then I didn't see it. It's uh, another biopic, which he doesn't do too often. And it's about this artist who... She makes these really interesting paintings of figures, usually with big eyes, which is where the title comes in. And her husband basically steals them and takes all the credit for it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what else happens beyond that. I heard it was good. I heard it was good, too. I just... Yeah. And now... The fall... Of our man, Timothy. I mean, he's fallen and risen, like, 50 times at this point. Yes, but at this point, this is where, like, he goes in the grave, and the majority... Or should I say? At least a good majority of his fans are just like, sorry, you're gone. Yeah. Which was another movie I was actually really excited for and didn't go see... Whose name I'm gonna butcher? Miss Peregrine's. Thank you, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, mm-hmm. which I really wanted to go see because I had started reading the book, mm-hmm. and then oh my, I was such a hipster with that book at the beginning because like I found it in Target and I was like, oh, this looks interesting, I'm gonna read it, and then I was like, oh, they're gonna make a movie. Well, I'm gonna pause reading it and watch the movie because I'm actually the opposite way. I like to watch the movie first, mm-hmm. but. Basically, it's about, like, is it World War Two? I think? You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> I haven't seen or read the book, so. Basically, this person has, like, kind of an orphanage, but for children, they're, like, kind of like mutants. So it's a home for peculiar children. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. And, like, I don't, I honestly don't know the rest of the plot. I'm sorry. But, um, the actress who's in it, she was in, um... She was in Penny Dreadful, which is where I saw her first. Oh, Green. Yeah, and I was just like, oh my gosh, I definitely want to see it because she's in it. And this book was kind of, like, interesting when I started to read it. Uh, but then. But then. Do you want to say it? Or? I don't know what you're going to say, so you say oh. it. At this point, the internet's a thing. People are a bit more keen to things. And a Bustle interviewer asked him, hey, why don't you ever cast, like, people of color in your films? And Timmy, Timbo, quoted, nowadays people are talking about it more. Um, Things either call for things or they don't. I remember back when I was a child watching the Brady Brunch and they started to get all politically correct. Like, okay, let's have an Asian child and a black. I used to get more offended. And a black? <laughs> I used to get more offended by that than just. I grew up watching the Black Spiration movies, right? And I said, that's great. I don't go like, okay, there should be more white people in these movies. Unpack that. <laughs> That's going to take a while. There's a lot to unpack mm-hmm. here. Um, so, first, right off the bat, no. <laughs> um, like, I don't even know where to begin with this statement. Um, this is where his, like, suburban suburban roots kind of show. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting, because his a lot of his work is about 
you know, being different and, you know, marginalized people. But it's always, like, the aesthetic of them. Yeah. It's like, you you could make something really powerful by incorporating race into your works, too. Because you're already halfway there. You just don't even know it yet because you Mm -hmm. can't see beyond your own experiences. And this is when, like, a lot of people on Twitter, like, came after him. And one person made a point that just really resonated with me where they were like, so this man can create a story where a dude has scissors for hands, but he doesn't think that stories like this are realistic for a person of color. Yes. And yeah, basically he's like, my work doesn't call for this. So I'm not casting those types of people. And it's like, really? You made a movie about a vampire. Yeah. It's like, no, that's realistic. That's fine. So it's like I was I was trying I was racking my brain to think of any character in his movies that was of color. The only one I could think of was the original Harvey Dent in Batman. So, so eighty nine. So there was that. I don't remember, but apparently in Mars Attacks, a um a black family is one of the key players. I don't recall this, but mm-hmm. that's a, when I was doing my research. And now in Miss Peregrine's Peregrine. Did I say it wrong? Paraguay. That's a country, Sylvia. <laughs> Whoops. And apparently in The Peculiar Children, um, Samuel L. Jackson, who, surprise, plays a villain. Wow. So we did it. Two out of three villains. Yeah. Well, to be fair, to give Timbo one credit, um, Harvey Dent wasn't a bad guy at this point. Boom. Racism over. <laughs> And, like, apparently he was really campaigning for Billy Dude Williams to play Harvey Dent and eventually be Two-Faced. And I'm just like, okay, so you were willing to, and, like, I can only imagine if this came out today, everyone would be like, feminazis are ruining Batman because Harvey Mm -hmm. Dent's black now. You know, all that stupid stuff. But, like, in 89, he got a black Harvey Dent and then, like... He's just completely dropped everything after that. Like, you did one thing. Like, you changed the race to an established comic book character. Mm-hmm. Why can't you do that more? Why? <sighs> Timmy. Timothy. So this is when his fall really began. Because the only movie he did after that was Dumbo. Which apparently everybody hated as well. Yes, no one liked Dumbo from what I heard. It was, um... Strange. Why would they choose him to do Dumbo? I I want to say Dumbo was one of the projects because this boy has made so many movies. So many of his projects have also not been realized. Mm-hmm. You can go on Wikipedia. There's a whole page devoted to works of his that never saw the light of day. But there's like some that went started production already. There were some that were just written ideas. I want to say Dumbo was one of them that was like thrown around for a while. But I can't say for certain. Let me pull it up. But, um, yeah. I I don't think Disney... We need to stop, like, congratulating Disney for everything they mm-hmm. do. Because nobody in the world likes these live-action remakes. I think it's been pretty much established that no one really wants these. Yeah. This isn't the content they want from Disney. But people are still seeing them. So they make crazy money. And then they keep making more of them. I guess, yeah, the Oompa Loompas would be a, a character of color, too, now that you mention it. Um, 
And you mentioned it. I completely forgot the Oompa Loompas from that movie until you brought it up again. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yes. So, scratch the record. Harvey Dent is not the only character of color that I can remember. We also have the Oompa Loompas, which are a race of people that Willy Wonka, they changed it a little bit in this version where they have it be an agreement that they work in the chocolate factory. Mm-hmm. But they basically are slaves. And they're all played by the same actor, so they literally all look the same. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <sighs> there's still, like, weird... Like, their backstory is, like, weirdly racist, where it's like, there's just like, oh, this mysterious jungle people mm-hmm. of Oompa Loompas. And they just all agreed to up and leave their country because Willy Wonka was the white savior. Yeah, it's literally a white savior. Yeah. Type of thing. Because it's like, oh, they worship the cocoa bean, but they didn't know how to make chocolate. So I, the fantastic white man, knows how to do that. So they work for me so that they get it. Yeah. Uh, Interesting choice. And you also wanted to bring up Johnny Depp. Yes, so I feel like we can't talk about Tim Burton without also mentioning how Johnny Depp's career has panned out throughout the years. I'm being hit with Cosmo's tail. He's asleep. <laughs> Again. I'm just hitting her yes. with his tail. It's not, not it's nap time part two. Cosmo doesn't want to be awake for this. The so. electric boogaloo. Yes. Um, I don't remember when all this started. So the thing is, one, I mean, one thing is, a lot of people are kind of backpedaling into Johnny Depp's career and pulling out more things that he has done, mm-hmm. where they're like, this is problematic, this is problematic. The very first thing I ever heard was when it came to Captain Jack Sparrow. Mm-hmm. And people were like, no. <laughs> a white man should not be playing this. It's basically... I don't want to say blackface, but it was, like, borderlining it. Because he had, like, dreadlocks. Yeah, he had a really deep tan. Um, he was supposed to be, like, a pirate of the Caribbean. I thought... What, was he actually supposed to be Caribbean? I don't know okay. Captain Jack Sparrow's backstory. Okay. As That's much fair. as I love the series. Kill me. <laughs> yeah, so, um... Let's put a pin in that one. I don't know about that one. But again, the more you look into things, the more like clear it becomes. Mm-hmm. So it was an open secret for a while in Hollywood that he struggled with addiction to alcohol. Um, I'm not sure if other substances were involved, but he was very much an alcoholic. And then for a period in the 90s, he seemed to be doing better. But new evidence has come out that he has since fallen off the wagon. Mm-hmm. He's been very verbally abusive to people. Um, he did his wife dirty. And I'm not talking about his girlfriend. I'm talking about his wife that he had children with. Who was he married to? I forgot her name. But they were married for like the longest time. Mm-hmm. And then he just like up and divorced her. So I don't have any solid facts on this. But this was when I still kind of liked Johnny Depp, so I was, mm-hmm. like, looking into it. Mm-hmm. Apparently, um, the the abuse towards his girlfriend mm-hmm. was not one-sided. Yes, I've also heard that. Um, it's come out recently that mm-hmm. it was 
unfortunately, on both sides. Mm-hmm. Some sources I think I've seen said he had it worse, and she was basically blackmailing him. Really? Mm-hmm. Like, she's sent him to the hospital. That's horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't want to say, like, everything is his fault. No. But he isn't who we thought he was originally. So I feel like that's kind of changed the way we look at a lot of his works throughout his career. Mm-hmm. And we just want to put out there, we don't condone anything that happened in this situation. You want to hear something funny? What? When I worked at Macy's, you know, he's like the face of Dior for one of their lines. Oh, he is? Yeah. One of their colognes. And um, I was helping a customer with it. And the girl's, like, trying to help her boyfriend find, like, a cologne or whatever. And she's like, what about this one? Johnny Depp's doing it. And, like, he's, like, a good... He's, like, kind of cool. And she's like, well, actually, no. He's been, like, kind of problematic lately. And the guy's like, I don't know. He's like, he's kind of high. And he looks at me. He's like, what do you think? And I'm like... (laughs) I'm like, I used to have a huge crush on him. And the guy's like, used to? What happened? (laughs) And I didn't want to, like, explain the whole thing. So I'm just like, I'm gay. (laughs) Which is also not wrong. Yeah. No. But he starts laughing and he's like, okay, understandable. Oh. <laughs> That's great. I love that. He's like, that'll uh, do it. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. So, yeah. Where does that leave us? What, what do we do with Tim Burton? We just like the like clean lady. Marie like Kondo. Marie Kondo. We just have to Marie Kondo. Yes, we need Burton. to Marie Kondo him. Hold him tightly. Thank him for all the good memories. And then chuck him in the donation bin. <laughs> yeah, so... It's really hard to... Uh, thank you, Cosmo. It's really hard to... Look at something that was so... Influential in your childhood. And like was super influential to how you see the world, how you dress, how you talk, you know, so many things like that. You kind of have to, you just have to acknowledge it. That's like, I don't agree with what this man has done. I don't agree with his views. I'm still going to watch some of these when they come on TV because I love them. I'm probably not going to support him anymore. Yeah, no, I mean, I have the DVDs that I have. Mm Mm-hmm. If I would to get any more, I would probably get it secondhand. That's fair. But yeah, I'm I'm no longer following what he's doing closely mm-hmm. or just blindly going to see any film his name is yeah. on. Oh yeah, I did that for a while too. Mm-hmm. Like on the list where I have like, oh, he was only the producer, like uh, nine. Mm-hmm. I remember we like ran to go see nine. Yeah, wasn't a bad movie, but I liked it. Yeah. It was a bunch of a bunch of sack people. It's great. <laughs> it was like Little Big Planet. It was, except terrifying. <laughs> it was Little Big Planet. Make it scary. <laughs> and sad. Now I'm sad. <laughs> As we mentioned throughout the list, we're we have a close emotional connection to a lot of Tim mm-hmm. Burton stuff. He's a huge part of us growing up, of us yeah. finding our identity in ourselves, something we could mm-hmm. connect to. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he still is super influential in the goth subculture. Like mm-hmm. people, I don't think he's ever not going to be. Yeah, it's it's going to be pretty much impossible to divorce him from that at this point. Where, you know, you still see people wearing his merchandise. And I'm not saying people that support him in any way are bad. 
I'm just saying, me personally, I don't feel comfortable with that. I won't judge anyone who does. I understand, mm-hmm. you know. We were just, yeah. during our Christmas episodes, we were talking about watching The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Because, you know, it's tradition. This is what we grew up with. This is just who we are. Yeah. Find me a goth who hasn't seen The Nightmare Before Christmas or has never owned something with Jack Skelton on it. Right? Do they exist? I'd love to know. Honestly. Gmail. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And you mentioned the museum when we were trying to go earlier. We were trying to coordinate going to see his museum in high school, and that was going to be a really big thing. But my parents are really weird and really strict, so they would not let me go to the city. Yeah, meanwhile, my mom went with me both times to see the exhibit. So yeah, uh, the MoMA did a big exhibit, like career retrospective type thing too, where they just had a bunch of artwork from him throughout his life, and you got to see all of his, like, personal drawings and stuff like that for things that he wasn't working on. And it's really weird, really cool stuff. Is that where you got the Oyster Boy? Yes. I love the book Oyster Boy. I still have one. I got all the figurines because I love that so much. I remember. That's such, like, a weird part in his career. It's, like, the early 2000s. He decided to make a web show out of Oyster Boy. I remember that. I was literally about to say, like, he should have made an animated series based on that book. So there was just, like, a really bad, like, Newground style series of Oyster Boy that doesn't really have an ending. You can check that out too. I think it's fun. You know that poem book. I've seen some people who've pushed, who've pulled like quotes out of it, mm-hmm. and that's also on some sort of like this is supposed to be super deep and meaningful, Good. especially with the voodoo doll queen, the pin queen. Oh, I forgot yeah, her yeah. name. Oh yeah, where it's like the closer someone gets to her, the deeper another pin goes in. Yeah. I'm surprised that one hasn't been made into a Hot Topic shirt. I've seen it, like, in enough places, and I'm shocked it hasn't. Yeah, It hasn't picked up as much as, like, I, too, myself am strange and unusual. (laughs) We're talking about Tim Burton. Do you have any thoughts? Uh, He makes the same movies all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Does he make the same movie all the time? Pretty much. Some of them, I feel like later in his career, were the same movie. Yeah, like not like during Beetlejuice, but like now, like everything's the same. Coraline. He didn't make Coraline. No. No. He didn't really? Make no, he didn't. He didn't make Coraline. Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the other crap <laughs> with Johnny Depp in it. Johnny Depp's only been in eight of his films. Well, it feels like he's been in every single one of his movies. <laughs> right. That's literally what I said. <laughs> yeah, that's what we were talking about. Because I'm like, he has fifty films. Johnny Depp's been in eight. Seriously? Yeah. I know. We were saying, like, how it feels like it's he's been in every single one, but he really hasn't. Yeah. His peak was Batman. Yeah. <laughs> that was, like, his second movie. <laughs> that was his peak. <laughs> that was when he peaked. Everything he else. He peaked after Batman. <laughs> I also, well, you're probably thinking Batman came, like, a little later, like. Batman came out in, like, 88, 89. But, yeah, like, compared it. to his other work. Like, yeah. what came first? Beetlejuice or Batman? Uh... Didn't it come out around the same time? It did. Yeah. Okay. That's your question. <laughs> what about The Nightmare Before Christmas? That was like in the 90s, no? Alright, so you can't say he peaked at Batman. <laughs> well, then, okay, Nightmare Before Christmas was his peak. <laughs> what do you think was his peak, Allison? I think it was Sweeney Todd. His peak? Yeah. Or, well, like, say after that, down. That. Oh, okay. Because everything after that was like, yeah. that kind of sucks. Yeah. I'll agree with that. Sweeney Todd? Yeah. I don't know, because then he had... 
Planet of the Apes right here. Sleepy Hollow is okay. Like, I don't, I feel like there's a dip here, but then we didn't talk about Big Fish, but I heard a lot of people really like Big Fish. So we had like a little climb with like Corpse Pride and Sweeney Todd, but then Flatline. Yeah. I don't know. I like, I really like Sweeney Todd, so I'm saying like it's kind of like really high up there. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think crashes. Sweetie Todd was just like, that's it. Yeah. And then everything else after that yeah. has just it's been just, terrible. Everything's the same. Well, wait, no, because I like Frank and Weenie too. I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen it though, so I don't know. Alright. I wouldn't say Frank and Weenie was trash. Let's go. I'm not saying say it's that. trash, yeah. just like that's. I mean, big eyes too. Like, I, it's so hard. <laughs> like, his career has no pattern. It's just constantly, like, either amazing or the worst. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have too many, like, middle grounds. Yeah, it's like, Sleepy Hollow was one of them. Corpse Bride, kind of? I don't know. I put Corpse Bride in, like, the good section. Like, four out of five stars. Can we put Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, then, as, like, kind of okay? I know some people hate it with a burning passion. Yeah, I think it's okay. I really, I like the music in it. And Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Alright, those two are his mid-grounds. I'm like, eh, they're okay. Yeah. And then afterwards, nothing. Hatred. <laughs> and it's so hard to know that the person that made some of your favorite movies is not great. Yeah. And to also see that his career has kind of taken a downfall. I feel like he hasn't done any original movies in a while. They're usually based on something now. Mm-hmm. And, like, Tim Burton used to be, like, the charismatic weirdo. Now, like... It feels like he's just trying to copy his old style. It's like, oh, this is the one that's marketable, right? This is, like, marketable weirdness. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I don't know if there's going to be, like, a revival, but he hasn't had something to top Sweeney Todd. Yeah. And everything else. That was, like, the last really great Tim Burton movie that came out. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree with that. Like, I still like Frank and Weenie and... I've heard good things about Big Eyes, but I haven't seen it. So, it seems like he's still capable of making good movies. It's just... It's different now. Yeah. And I feel like this is one thing a lot of people have trouble dealing with when they find out their fave is problematic, especially when it's something that's, like, very nostalgic. Yeah. Is that they're holding on so tight to these memories. But the thing is, you don't have to let those go. Yeah. We're not telling you... Oh, Tim Burton's low key racist, don't watch his movies anymore. Yeah. Maybe not his newer ones. <laughs> well, that's not because he's a terrible person, it's because they're not very good. Yeah, that too. <laughs> but we we still watch The Nightmare Before Christmas every Christmas and Halloween. Yeah. You know, if Beetlejuice is on TV, stop everything, we're watching Beetlejuice. Yeah, of course, yeah. You know, these films are full of like memories. I honestly yeah. can remember watching all these films with my mom. Oh, Yeah, actually, similar. My mom was also mm-hmm. very into Tim Burton. She's the one that told me about the exhibit and took me both times. Yeah. So, we're not saying shun him out. Yeah. <laughs> shun the non-believer. Um, and I feel like that's not just it for yeah. us. Like, name me a goth yeah. who has never seen the Nightmare for Christmas. Never owned a Jack Skeleton thing. Yeah. Or Beetlejuice. I honestly don't think they exist. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that Billy on the Street interview that you sent me, where it's like, name a woman! 
Name a woman? Name a woman. Uh, uh, it's like that, but like, name a god. <laughs> if you haven't seen that clip of Billy on the Street, please just go, just look up YouTube, Billy on the Street, name a woman. <laughs> it's a trip. It's, a tri- it's fun. Yes. Anyway, getting back to the Timothy at hand. I think like a very specific memory I have is, I've already said it before when like I was younger. Uh-huh. And people were like, oh, what's your famous cr- favorite Christmas movie? And I was like, Nightmare Before Christmas. And everyone, like, made fun of me. Mm-hmm. So. But it's also interesting, because I feel like Tim Burton also made it cool to be weird and goth mm-hmm. in the mainstream. Like, he made it a little bit more acceptable, almost. To a degree. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's fine if there's, like, black and white swirls everywhere. Like, that's acceptable now, but, um... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has to be, like, like I said at one point, like, a marketable weirdness. If you're too weird, if it's, like, too much, then... Bye. 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 Uh, I remember, at the same time, there were also a lot of people who were like, I'm so goth, I like The Nightmare Before Christmas, and then didn't listen to any music, didn't dress goth, it's just they mm-hmm. like one movie... By Tim Burton, and then that, they're they're basically a goth. That was me growing up. <laughs> but it's okay because you turned out goth. Yeah, still stuck to it. Yep. It's like don't say this and then immediately make fun of the goth kids. Mm-hmm. I feel like he was kind of like a good entry. Yes. For kids into. The goth community. Goth for kids, yeah, because kids can't go to the club. Yeah, and they probably can't listen to goth music either. Well, probably some of it, if their parents allow them to buy it. Because there's, like, non-explicit stuff, it's just very dreary, mm-hmm. you know? Well, that's what I meant, like, parents. They'd yeah. have to have, like, free reign of their own computer or stuff. Yeah. Download it on Napster. <laughs> just delete it so your parents don't find it. Just mm-hmm. put it on your iPad before you do anything. I'm sorry, iPod. Because that would have been the era of iPods. Yeah. Remember those? I still have mine. I remember getting in your car and every time I got in, I would play my shiny teeth in me. Because <laughs> I was so happy you had that on your iPod. I mean, how can you not have my shiny teeth in me on your iPod? Right? I'm still goth, guys, I swear. <laughs> yeah, you like Tim Burton. You're goth, right? Yeah. So yeah, not everyone that liked Tim Burton was goth, but a lot of people who were goth like Tim Burton, or ended up being goth like Tim. I feel like if you're goth, by definition, you like at least one Tim Burton film. Right. At least. Yeah, at least. Would that be the new, like, hipstery goth thing to be like, I'm goth, but like, I don't like any Tim Burton stuff. I haven't seen that, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's the new wave, because I feel like with his career, like, cooling down and changing significantly, it's not like when we were growing up where you had Tim Burton movies to look to, you mm-hmm. know, to find some solace and find someone that understands you. It's not like that anymore. Maybe we'll find another director or a content creator who does that, who fills that mm-hmm. place. But... I was literally thinking, I'm like, do we have a version of this now? I can't think of one. Do we have the new generation version of Invader Zim and Tim Burton? Yeah. I don't think we found one yet. We haven't found someone who's, like, that successful in the mainstream Mm -hmm. to sort of... So it's just going to continue to be Timmy and Zimmy. And Zimmy. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
What's one of what's a one significant memory you have revolving around Tim Burton or his works? I don't know why that just made me feel like I was like introducing myself in a college course again. <laughs> where it's like, welcome to English two oh six. Everyone say your name and a fact about yourself. I used to hate those. Name one memory you have of Tim Burton movies. <laughs> Honestly, I always think of the time I was w- watching Sweeney Todd during finals. Like that was just like such. <laughs> like comfort and solace to me because I was like stressing out and it's like let me just watch musical and mindless violence to help me cope Mm -hmm. with this I remember texting you about that um what else I remember seeing Corpse Bride in the theater very vividly because I just cried so much at the end like when we were talking about the movie afterwards we just kind of like stood outside in the lobby and was like I really liked it (laughs) That's so sweet. Um, I remember being afraid of the Nightmare Before Christmas when I was really little. Oh, yeah. I feel like with, when we were still really young yeah. and watching a Tim Burton film for the first time, yeah. it was a little creepy. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Like, when I was a toddler, I did not like that movie because it was like, uh, scary, but now it's good. Mm-hmm. It's good. I can watch it. Love it. My DVD copy of Ed Wood has incorrectly synced audio. I never returned it, so whenever I watch it, the audio just comes in, like, five seconds after the scene happens. That sounds like fun. So it's been a while since I've seen Ed Wood, but I would love to watch it. Like I said, I highly recommend it. I should watch it. I gotta see if I can find it. Yeah. It's a very, like, goth, quote-unquote, by, like, his other movie standards, but I think it's really interesting. And it has to do with B-movies, which is, like was really important to forming the goth aesthetic. Vamp- yeah. Vampires in it. Yeah. It was so. just like the precursor to Elvira, so. So, yeah, it counts. <laughs> yes, it counts. It counts as a goth movie. Yeah. Basically, the moral of the story, Tim Burton was the the entry mm-hmm. for at least our generation as mm-hmm. baby bats. Yeah. You know, it wasn't just specifically Halloween or one specific movie. We had a director who was pumping out these kind of creepy but entertaining films that captivated us. I just remember leaving the exhibit at the museum and just feeling, like, so empowered. It's like, yeah, I could do whatever I want. You know, I can draw whatever I want. I can write whatever weird story I want. I can be whatever I want. It's like, I can be weird, and that's okay. It's like... Lord knows I wasn't getting that message anywhere else. Yeah. I mean, his, like, one entry film was about celery, so. Yeah. I just scrolled up to see what its name was again. Sometimes you just make a book called Oyster Boy, and it's about a bunch of unfortunate children. Yeah. (laughs) One of them is an oyster. Yeah. And the dad asks him if he thinks of death, and shucks him and eats him, and then sleeps with his wife. Yeah. Because oysters... (laughs) Uh, what's it called? An aphrodisiac. Aphrodisiac. I can say that word. (laughs) It's a fun time. What are your feelings and thoughts on Tim Burton? What's your favorite film for him? And how do you feel about him now? Tell us, share all your spicy Tim Burton opinions with us. No, seriously, do. Yeah, no. It'll be fun. I'd love to know. Um, so yeah, before we wrap this up, I do want to address some of his 
unrealized projects just because I think they're really interesting. He the man has a lot of ideas. Like I got that sense when he when I went to when I went to the exhibit rather. Um there's just like a lot going on in his work. And some of these ideas came to fruition and they're works that we know and love and others never saw the light of day. So there was he was supposed to um, direct the sequel to Pee-wee's Big Adventure called Big Top Pee-wee, but uh, he's like, nah, I'm working on Beetlejuice, so uh, bye. I have not seen Big Top Pee-wee. It is a movie that exists, but we'll never know what... I saw it. Oh, you did? How was I saw it? it? Not as good as Pee-wee's Big Adventure. What a surprise! <laughs> was it... Was it, like, really, like, normie-ish, or... Mm. Compared to, like, the first movie, yeah. He's, like, in a circus, which, you know, that, that itself is not normie. He I has a talking pig. Yeah, I feel like that would be perfect for Tim Burton. Just give him that. Yeah. But he was working on Beetlejuice, so he's like, nah, peace. If he could make Batman and Nightmare Before Christmas at the same time, he could do yeah, right? Pee-wee Herman and Beetlejuice at the same time. But now we'll never know. We don't live in the alternate universe where his version of that movie exists, unfortunately. I want to go to that universe. Another really interesting project that I'm sad we can't see is Conversations with Vincent. So Ooh, one I've of, heard of that one. Yes. One of... Burton's biggest influences was actor Vincent Price. If you don't know who Vincent Price is, he was in a bunch of B-horror movies. He was, like, one of the staples of, like, 50s, 60s horror. If you don't know him from any of those movies, he was... He's the narrating voice in the Thriller song by Michael Jackson. I just sounded like an ancient person. Like, oh, he's in the Thriller song! (laughs) Oh, kids are listening to that. Not the Fallout Boy version. The... Did Fall Out Boy do that? Wait, they what? They did a cover? No, someone did a cover of Thriller, and I'm. Why would you even do that? I'm honestly thinking it was Fall Out Boy, but I'm not. Don't don't quote me. It's like there's no point in covering that song. Like everything that needs to be done with that song has already been done. I have what? to look it up now because I'm not sure. Kids Bop. <laughs> <laughs> Kids Bop. So yeah, Vincent Price was one of his idols, and he actually did get to work with him on a few projects. So we didn't mention this before, but he directed a television movie version of Hansel and Gretel that came out in the early 80s on Disney Channel. I've seen it. It's a trip. I don't know if it's available on YouTube. I saw it at the exhibit. But it's just, it's really interesting, the art direction that he decided to go with for this adaptation of Hansel and Gretel. So he did that, and he also, that same year, worked on a short film with him called Vincent, which is about a boy named Vincent who is very into the macabre. It's, um, I remember my cousin's actually really terrified of this movie, well, this short film, and he still won't watch it to this day. Okay, so, Fall Out Boy does have a song called Thriller, but it's not a cover. Okay. I don't know, it's in my head, I could hear it right now, it's like some pop-punk band did a cover of Thriller. I'm so glad it is in my, in my head. <laughs> I feel like that would just melt my brain. <laughs> Alright. And he also played the uh, mad scientist who creates Edward and Edward Scissorhands. So, because he had all these interactions with him, he did record some, and he planned on making like a 
full-length documentary about the actor in his life. However, Vincent Price passed away in the early 90s, and all that's left of conversations with Vincent is short recordings. I don't know if any of them are available to the public, but because it was unfinished, I wouldn't be surprised if none of them are really readily available. I'm so sad that we don't have this, because I love Vincent Price. Mm-hmm. He's so hammy and, like, good and over the top, and he was a really good person, too, and he was a gardener and a cook, and, like, he's one of those people that just seem to have done everything and lived a very interesting life. And I was like, Vincent, no! Beetlejuice. You know what everyone always says when they think of Beetlejuice? How about another one? Oh, God, no. So... There have been talks forever about him doing a Beetlejuice sequel. I'm sure you've heard some of it. Yes. So, it's been in the works for literally decades. At this point, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. Has it really been in the works? I don't know. It's one of those ones... I think it's just like they wrote a script, and then they just let it sit in a vault for a thousand years, and it's like, oh wait, let's do that. Because may I make a comment? Yes. I remember hearing somewhere that Tim Burton doesn't do sequels. I mean, he did Batman Returns, though. Yeah, but he didn't write Batman. But I mean, like, his works. Like, like his original works. Yeah. Not, like, his original intellectual properties. Like, I'm gonna Google it while you keep talking, but I'm pretty sure I read somewhere where he's like, I don't do sequels. So he's like Jim Carrey. <laughs> but, um, Yeah. There was a few attempts, few, like, very distinct story ideas for the Beetlejuice sequel. One of them was Beetlejuice in love. Gross. Yeah, like, in the first movie, he tries to marry a teenager. I really don't think we want a full-length mm-hmm. version of what his love life looks like. And uh, another one, I think this is the more famous one, is called Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. Which would basically just be him going to Hawaii. Who knows what cinematic masterpiece we missed out on because we didn't get this movie. I found here an article that says Tim Burton confirms Beetlejuice sequels on the way, but let me see when was this written. Mm-hmm. I... Oh, there's no date. Yeah, I was going to say, on Wikipedia, the last two sentences on this are, in October 2017, Deadline reported that Mike, I'm going to butcher this last name, Mike Vukadinovich, Vukadinovich, I think, was hired to write a script in the time in time for the film's 30th anniversary. Next sentence, in April 2019, Warner Brothers say the sequel has been shelved. The article I found was three years old. Good. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna just go out on a limb and say that we're probably not gonna see a Beetlejuice sequel. R.I.P. in peace. I'm still looking, but I remember something where he was he said something along the lines of like I don't believe in sequels. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you just got more story to tell. Like, I don't <laughs> think every movie deserves a sequel, but I think some movies, like they. You know, they can benefit from having one, rather. Because there are good sequels out there. Interesting little side note on this man's career. He almost directed Jurassic Park. But then someone else did it. 
I'm kind of happy he didn't. I wonder... It would have been more terrifying. I've never seen Jurassic Park, but, like... But those animatronics uh, were so, so good. Yeah, they probably... He probably would have had them be stop-motion dinosaurs. Yeah. And not only that, but, like, Jurassic Park... It was it was Steven Spielberg, right? Let me double-check that. I think it was. Whoever yes. the, the director was. Yes. yes, I was right. Steven Spielberg. He actually worked with, um... Dinosaur scientists. <laughs> I, I know the word, but I don't remember how to say it, but I know what you mean. Ross from Friends is one of those. A paleontologist. Oh, paleontologist. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Had to think of Friends for that. Anyway. Thank you, Friends. He hired... Pale- I just said the word. He hired paleontologists. <laughs> you spoke over it. I'm sorry. He hired or worked with paleontologists. So Ross from Friends. To work on creating these dinosaurs. And the money he was, like, giving them uh-huh. actually helped them to further their studies. Oh, that's awesome. So Jurassic Park actually helped them learn more about dinosaurs <laughs> than oh. what they were already doing. So That makes me happy. Yeah, it was, like, such a huge deal and it was so good. That's why I'm like, I don't know if Tim Burton would have done the same thing. Yeah. Not saying it, I don't think he would fund money to help study dinosaurs. Yeah. But I'm... This is what we got in this universe. Yeah. We got Steven Spielberg's version where that happened. Mm-hmm. And I really dig that and I wouldn't want to change it. Yeah. It would be really interesting to like universe hop and see what <laughs> Tim Burton's Jurassic Park would have been Yeah, like. go into another universe and be like, I just want to see Tim Burton's version of Jurassic Park. Yeah. It's like, I don't care what happens. I don't care if you have the cure for cancer. I just want to see this one movie. I mean, I might care if you have the cure for cancer. I'm going to care too. I'm exaggerating. First cure for cancer, but then before I go back and share it with everyone, Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting. I wonder what it would have been like if he directed it, because Jurassic Park is, like, so iconic. Would it have been the same? Would it have not been at all? Would it have flopped? Would we have 17 terrible sequels to it? It reminds me of, um, you know the song Toxic from Britney Spears? <laughs> okay, yes I do, but I'm interested to see where you're going with this. Um, apparently that song was supposed to go to someone else completely. Oh yeah, there's a few songs that are like that. Mm-hmm. It always like blows my mind, because I forget that about songs that like sometimes people just write songs and they sell it. I forget that happens with movies too. Yeah. And people like asked the original, the original girl, they were like, do you regret it at all? And she was like, not really. She's like, I could have never done it justice like Britney did. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that's so sweet. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, I was going to say, like, the same principle applies to movies. People write scripts, send them in, and be like, and, you know, if a studio is interested, they'll be like, hey, who wants to work on this? And, like, actors and actresses. Yeah. So where it's, it's like, oh, originally it was supposed to be this person. Yeah. So who knows what would have happened if we had Tim Burton's Jurassic Park. All that we can say is we don't, so... Maybe we would have flying cars. Maybe we would. Maybe the future would... We would live in the utopian society and Trump wouldn't have been elected because the goths <laughs> gained power. The gods gained power. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right, what else did Tim Burton not do? So there was supposed to be an independent Catwoman movie. Oh, man! I know, right? Um, I can understand why, given that everything we said about Michelle Pfeiffer's experiences on the set of Batman Returns, I would understand why she wouldn't want to do it again, but she Mm. was on board for a spinoff. This is so ironic, too, because when I was watching that movie, like, a little while ago, me and Alice were literally saying, like, oh, they should redo, like, the Catwoman movie and, you know, do it like this. Uh Uh-huh. And... 
I didn't know that they were trying to do that originally. Not that, like, unpopular opinion. Not that I didn't like the Halle Berry version. Uh-huh. I still liked it. I feel like everybody hate like, unfairly hated that movie. <laughs> Alright, yeah, um, fun fact. So, whatever scraps of the script, because there was a full script for this movie, mm-hmm. survived, actually became that movie. <laughs> Look at that! So, <laughs> yeah, because, so, like, Maybe it was a good idea that he didn't make the movie, because maybe it would have been worse. <laughs> yeah, because um, it was, from what we know about it, it wasn't, it was kind of like how Batman Returns was, or it was, like, very not for kids. Mm. And it just so happened that the script for Batman Forever actually came in around the same time to the studio, so they're like, eh, hey, we're gonna go with the family-friendly one. Mm. Lame. I know, right? So now we have Halle Berry's Catwoman. I don't think it's one of the worst movies of all time, like everyone says. Yeah, I think people are too harsh on that. It's not perfect. I think it's fun. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And I also have the scene where she just gets licked by a bunch of cats. (laughs) I want to do that. I'm just going to, like, cover myself in tuna and then make a bunch of new friends. (laughs) Is that how you get a cat? Yes. I just come home with, like, 15 cats one day. Look what I bought! (laughs) You didn't buy them? I got them for free! <laughs> Look what I got! So yeah, speaking of uh, Batman Forever, originally Tim Burton was supposed to do the third Batman movie, but then they're like, hey, the other one scared the kids. Get out of here. <laughs> Poor Tim. I know, right? Poor Timmy. He, like, can't find that healthy medium of scary but not too scary. Right? He just wants to go, like, full-on scary and then everyone just stops him. He just, like, he just wants people to rip their face off. Right. But everyone's like, that's too much. Yeah. Uh, dial it back a little bit. You're being too weird. (laughs) So, perhaps his most infamous unrealized project is Superman Lives. Have you heard anything about this no. movie? No. All right. So if you've ever seen the picture of Nicolas Cage in a Superman suit with long black hair. I'm so happy. I've never seen, seen that. Wow. <laughs> so if you have seen that, that was actually a test shot for this movie. So originally, there's like a crazy amount on like this unproduced movie of information on this unproduced movie, rather. Um, they actually made a documentary about it, even though it's incomplete. And just, like, the making of it and how much money. So they got Tim Burton. They attached him to direct the movie. Nicolas Cage was going to play Superman. They got someone to write the script. Like, they were full steam ahead with this. But things started falling apart after a few years and a lot of money was thrown into it. Did you find a picture of him? Do yourself a favor and look up Superman Lives because I'm going to have nightmares now. (laughs) Why would they pick Nicolas Cage? Well, Nick Cage is a really big uh, comic book fan. That's where he gets his stage name from. But, um, yeah. I just can't with Nick Cage trying to do like sexy. Yeah, no, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Oh, it's so weird. Yeah, like, casting him as Superman was a really interesting is the word I'm gonna go with. Choice. Um, you know what he looks like? Huh? He just looks like uncle. Yes. He, he looks like the word uncle. He like, looks like the word uncle. Yes. You think Superman, you think, like, unfortunately, like, all-American boy, like, 
baby-faced a little bit, but, like, bright-eyed, hopeful, mm-hmm. kind of hot. Kind of uh, hot. In a safe way. In a safe way? Yeah. That's literally it. Church boy hot. Yes. <laughs> Church boy hot. But Nicolas Cage is none of those. He is uncle. <laughs> he looks like... The- I've never... I've never been able to pinpoint what Nick Cage looks like until this moment. He looks like the word uncle. (laughs) So, um, what really sunk this movie was how insane the producer John Peters was. Um, Kevin Smith, actually, he started working on the script of this movie. And he has, like, a really famous video on YouTube where he's talking about his experiments... experiences on this movie and he talks about how crazy the producer was and he's like okay i know this is a superman movie but i want him to just fight a giant mechanical spider at one point what that is one of my stipulations for me producing this movie is that there has to be a fight between superman and a giant mechanical spider literally nobody wants that i mean he wanted it so (laughs) So, Kevin Smith's like, I don't want to do that. Like, he also wanted him to not fly, from what I remember. What? Yeah. Okay. Get a new producer. Yeah, like, this producer was really weird. And um, later, like, after the film falls apart, Kevin Smith went to go see one of his other movies, Wild Wild West, if you've ever seen it, with Will Smith. I have. And sure enough, <laughs> in that movie... They fight a giant spider. mechanical spider. Oh my god! I remember seeing that being like, okay. That's exactly what would have happened if this was the Superman movie. What is with him and a giant mechanical spider? I don't know. Maybe that's his fetish. I don't know. Gross. I don't know what's wrong with this guy. But yeah, um, because he was just so impossible, he sunk the project before it got too far off the ground. And that's the story of Superman lives and dies. <laughs> okay, speaking of Tim Burton and sequels, there was also talks for the longest time about a Nightmare Before Christmas sequel. Yes, I've heard that so many times. And No? How do you sequel that? I don't know. Was he steal Christmas again? No. So people were talking about him going to another holiday possibly. Nightmare Before Easter. Like that, that's not fun. And, like, people were joking, saying it was going to be Thanksgiving. I remember Robot Chicken had a sketch where he goes to Hanukkah. And, like, I don't know what... Like Cinematically, you would think he's learned his lesson. Yeah. It's just, like, I feel like if you are going to do a sequel to this, just have, like, a continuation of the story. Not, don't, like, make it a different holiday. Have it be like a short. Yeah, or that. I feel and like that. And just would be like, nice. I don't know, maybe his kids trying to take over the Pumpkin King throne. Well, that would be cute. I like that. Like, Tim Burton. Tim Burton, call us. Timmy. Timbo. <laughs> Timothy. Walter. <laughs> Timothy. Walter Burton. <laughs> um, I demand at least 10%. Thank you. I want 90. Oh, well. <laughs> There goes your entire fund. You will make zero (laughs) dollars. But hey, it's good for exposure. So, let's see. The last bit of evidence... Vivid evidence, yeah. This is what I get for watching Forensic Files right before this. But the last 
bit of information we have was from February 2019, so almost a year ago from now. It was reported that a new Nightmare Before Christmas film was in the works, with Disney considering either a stop-motion sequel or a live-action remake. Oh god, no! I want neither of those, but I want the live-action remake even less, because that's their trend now. It's just like, I remember that thing you liked? We made it worse. Have you seen the, the cast member of Jack Skeleton at Disney World? No. Horrifying. Hold on, I need to look this up. <laughs> I definitely don't want to see an entire movie of that. They would probably just CGI it, so it's not even really live yeah. action. Ugh. Jack Skeleton. I think that's just completely fake, because people just want to see people get all up in arms, so they take these, like, classics that people love so much, and then they go, hey, go, go make another one. And just to see people get upset. The only one I didn't believe and then ended up coming true was the Charmed remake. But I refuse to believe that that is a Charmed. Oh my god, this looks like a creepypasta. Isn't it great? Yeah, they made him terrifying. So, you know, that's like, accurate. So Imagine a whole movie of that. Sally looks so sad in all of these. She just looks like a girl that, like, Got lost at the Halloween party. Not to say that her costume's bad. It's no, just, her costume's great. Yeah, she's just like caught off guard in all these pictures, so she's just like, eh. <laughs> They're also like not typically there. But yeah, that's fair. I was gonna say, I'm surprised that they allow terrifying cast members around like that. I think it's cute. Because so many people forget that that was a Disney movie. Yeah. So, apparently, they are also considering, like, in the early 2000s, when they first wanted to make this, they wanted to use computer animation. So, can you imagine, like, early 2000s CGI Nightmare Before Christmas sequel? So, it's Mars Attacks. Basically. <laughs> Only worse. Yes. I just imagine it would look like the, Pro- the Polar Express. Oh, no. That movie. I had to watch it this Christmas. Really? That movie aged so poorly. I loved the book as a kid. When I saw the movie, I was really disappointed. I was like, oh, this is all right. It's on the book. But looking back on it now, it's terrifying. Oh, it it's... looks so bad. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. You know, like, my um, my uncle's kids, they were really into it. So we were watching it around Christmas Eve. Really? And I'm just like, I need some drugs and a lot of wine. <laughs> it's like cats. I feel that. Oh, yeah. I want to see that. I want to see that under the influence. Yeah. <laughs> I don't um, want to be sober. Anything. Alright, let's not go that far. Don't do drugs, kids. Don't do cocaine! <laughs> Please don't do cocaine! <laughs> cocaine ruin your brain! Hey! <laughs> so, he was also supposed to do a sequel for the Planet of the Apes movie. But then that bombed, so they were like, eh, no, uh, we're going to give up on this for a while. And then they started the franchise up without asking him to return. So I think that's officially done. Shady. I know, right? Um, what else do we have here? He was supposed to direct Batman the Musical. Which, hi, why haven't we gotten this yet? Yeah, at first I was going to be like... I'm so happy that's not a thing, but now I'm like, wait, no, gimme. <laughs> I want Batman the musical. It did start off as a theater production, and 
there were some songs like <laughs> completed for this. It seems to be more based around the 1989 movie. So taking it back to then with some new elements as well. Production, I don't have a lot of information on this one. It just says production got cancelled. But you can still find the songs. So I'm just picturing like Christian Bale voiced Batman singing. <laughs> Darkness! No parents! <laughs> that would have been the musical. We missed out on that. A whole movie of that. Oh, wait. So, yeah, that's what happened to the musical. They put in the one song that they made into the Lego movie. Yes, that's the only remainder of Batman the musical that you will find. So, he was also supposed to do Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the musical. Why would they musical that? I mean, It's already a little musical. Yeah. I mean, I can see it's totally not that far of a jump to do it. And there was supposed to be a... uh, coinciding Broadway play to accompany it. And then they just decided, no, we don't want to do that anymore. Good call. And then that was a few years before he just straight out made Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but the non-musical, even though it is still kind of a musical. You know what disappoints me about that movie, actually, getting back to it real quick? Uh, Mm -hmm. They removed the song that the spoiled brat sings. Oh, yeah. I wanted all or something like yeah. that. Yeah. I, w- I, like, remembered it because now it's, like, a car commercial song. Oh, yeah. Don't care how I want it now. Yeah, which, you know, that's a good way to sell your products is to associate it with, like, the most obnoxious mm-hmm. brat ever on screen. I like songs that are sung by obnoxious brats. Right? <laughs> so, another one. This is coming a little bit more... I don't know what I was trying to say. In 2010. <laughs> he more was, recently? Yeah, it was more recently. In 2010, he said that he was attached to an Illumination Entertainment, which you might know as the creator of Minions. Thank you for that. Um, they announced that they were going to be revamping <laughs> the Adams Family. And Tim Burton was attached to co-write and co-produce a film, which seems like right up his alley. You know, he's shown interest in these old, like, very goth TV shows. He watched Dark Shadows. He loves B-movies. Yeah, sure, he'd be perfect for the Adams Family. It was going to be stop motion, which would have been really interesting to see, because I feel like that would fit the aesthetic and make it a little creepier. Mm Mm-hmm. But then he was like, nah, I'm not doing it. Yes. Tim, you've let us down once again. Yep. So the uh, project still continued without him. And it was released last year in October. I haven't seen it. Oh, that one that just came out? Yeah. Oh, it looks bad. Yeah, because Illumination did it. Mm. Like, do you really trust the people that made Minions to know about the goths? They're not going to know anything. It's like, I still want to see it because it's Adam's family, but... <sighs> I know, right? It looks so bad. It looks really not good. And then people made a big stink about it, saying that it was satanic because they use a Ouija board. And I was like, do you know anything about the Adam's family at all, ever, in your life? Yeah. Have you ever seen an Adam's family? Have you ever seen a family whose last name was Adams? 
It's just like, what do you think you're going to get walking into this? And the guy's like, oh, I used to watch the show. And it's like, then you know exactly what you're getting into. You just want to be mad for the sake of being mad. Yeah. <sighs> Whatever. Wasn't he also like a Christian rapper? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, Christian rappers. And next up, he was originally supposed to direct Maleficent, but then left the project to <laughs> direct Dark Shadows, but also Frank and Weenie. You made the wrong choice there, yeah. Tim. <laughs> I think I think Maleficent would have been a lot better if he did it. Yeah, because in the end, we just got one really bad movie in Dark Shadows, an okay movie in Maleficent, and a good movie, from what I remember, in Frank and Weenie, when really we could have just gotten one really good movie in Maleficent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he would have done Maleficent really good. I mean, she's a villain. Yeah, Come on. like, he would have been perfect for it. Also, that movie is really ugly looking. Like, a lot of it's just really ugly CGI. I feel like he could have really shined in, like, the creative part of that. Mm -hmm. It's like, design this world. Make the three fairies Aurora has around her not terrifying. Yeah, what do the frick? Do you remember what they look like? They're terrifying. And don't they have their voices all sped up like chipmunks and like, oh, I hate this. Yeah, it was not good. Yeah. Zero out of ten. Not, not zero. There was some good stuff about that movie. Angelina Jolie kind of saved it. Yeah. <laughs> she carried that whole yeah, movie on her did. back. <laughs> did you see that meme where it's like, they were talking about Jim Carrey in the uh, Sonic movie, but I think this applies. It would be like, Angelina <laughs> Jolie uh, in the hospital due to back pains from carrying the Maleficent movie. <laughs> <laughs> was it the same with like Jim Carrey in the hospital with back pains? Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, I remember... Hi, Binks. No. I remember people being concerned that he was going to be in the movie because... I don't know. I, f I remember seeing people who were, like, kind of on the fence about Jim Carrey being in the movie. Uh-huh. Only for him to turn out to be the best part. Right. <laughs> Which, by the way, PSA, go, go see the Sonic movie. Those animators had to work so hard, and yeah. they probably didn't get paid anything extra for it. I think the company actually went under after they finished. Yeah, I remember hearing that. Yeah, the company, like, is going bankrupt. Yeah, because they put so much money into it. Yeah, go go see Sonic. Yeah, at this point, just see Sonic. That's what me and Eric are doing for Valentine's Day, actually, is we're going to go <laughs> see Sonic. Because whatever marketing genius out there, thank you. Originally, when the movie was supposed to come out, it was on Eric's birthday. So I was like, okay, we're going to see this for your birthday. And then... You know, the whole thing with the redesign happened. And then they moved it to Valentine's Day. And I was like, okay, we're going to see it on Valentine's Day then. If they're a real genius, when they sell the DVD, when it comes to market, they need to also sell, maybe for $10 extra, the original version I, of Sonic. You know, that bothers me. I'm just like, are we never going to see the original version of this movie now. Because as happy as I am that they fixed it, I still kind of want to see yeah. that original Sonic. I know. I, I need the nightmares. I, I just want a whole Nightmare Sonic movie. Speaking of nightmares, <laughs> Tim Burton was also um, he signed off to direct a sequel to Dark Shadows. Oh no. But that never panned out because oh, the yeah. movie tanked. I remember because at the end of the movie it was kind of a little bit of a cliffhanger. Yes. Do I have that movie? I feel like I do. It's not on my 
it's not up there, so I probably don't. Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> and lastly, that I'm going to mention on this list, and like I said, there's a whole article you can find about all of his unrealized projects. There's still a ton of them that I have not mentioned here. But uh, there were supposed to be some sequels for Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Uh, that movie tanked, so they are all cancelled. The end. <laughs> and that is our thoughts and feelings on Mr. Walter. And Mr. Walter, Burton, Timothy. Do you have any closing thoughts you want to say? My throat hurts. <laughs> Alright then. <laughs> That's it for today, guys. Don't forget to subscribe. We put out new episodes every week. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at GothTopicPod, where you'll find updates, our own musings, sharing our favorite memes and videos. All the links that we use for research and that are mentioned today are in the description box. Please give us a rating on iTunes, and if you do, we'll give you a shout-out. Shout-out's coming at the end of this episode. And tell us what you think. Shoot us a DM, add us, or email us at GothTopicPod at gmail.com. Thank you again. We'll be talking to you soon. Bye, guys. All right. Ready to do our shout-outs? Oh, did you want to say bye before that? Or? Oh. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right. <laughs> now that all the normies are out of the way, all let's right. do... I was going to say Patreon shout-outs, but <laughs> we don't have a Patreon. All right. Pass me my phone. Or do you want to use your all phone? Right, princess. No, just... No, it's fine. Okay. Okay. So we had one new review. Yeah. As well as some Instagram shoutouts. Yeah. So we didn't quite make it to my goal of 7 million reviews. But nope, we only got six. <laughs> I'll take it as is. So, Queen of Darkness 666 gave us a review on iTunes. Five stars. Thank you very much. Thank you, Queen. We also wanted to give a special shout-out to Honey Helion. I believe that's what it says. Yes. Honey Helion, you were our very first Instagram follower that wasn't someone we personally knew. In real life. So thank you, honey. Thank you very much for that. We also want to give a shout out to... Your username changed, but I remember you. You are now Undead Tears. Yes. Thank you very much. You were technically the first person to give us a review. Yeah. So... I remember when I, I saw that someone had mentioned us in their story, and it wasn't the two of us. I was like, oh, someone likes our content. My immediate thought is someone hates it. So it was like a little bit of a panic. No. <laughs> and we also have BlueJ608. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you for being nice to us. Thanks, everyone, for your kind words, your support. Please continue to give us your support. We love you. I love you. Especially you. You know who you are. You know who you are. <laughs> Bye. Bye.